All right, happy Friday. So uh, it's gonna be a little bit of a different structure today. We have an interview, and as soon as this is done, it'll lead right into it. The interview is about 32 minutes long. If you're just not interested in it, and I don't know why you wouldn't be, but if you're just not interested, skip that 32, and we have the rest of the normal show probably at that 33, 34-ish mark. Otherwise, enjoy Matt Brown, great friend of mine, awesome guest, friend of the show. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing the interview. I know Joey did too. We dubbed him research department. He checked up on a few things for us. But apart from that, enjoy it. Enjoy the rest of the show and have a great weekend. All right. And we're welcoming on Matthew Brown, a fantastic friend of mine and a friend of Joey's as well. Uh, Matt, we're very happy to have you here. And I know that you and I have talked a lot about the stuff that we're going to talk about. So I'm just going to let you do the majority of it and we'll obviously jump in where we need to, but I think it's going to be a fun conversation to have. So I appreciate you being here. Thanks. Um, I guess what we're going to talk about today is the stuff that really grinds my gears medical-wise. <laughs> yeah. How it applies to finances and that type of thing. Well, so wait, wait. Before we get I'll too far. I'll provide the medical side. Before we get too far, who are you? What do you do? So I'm a second-year med student and obligatory. Nothing I say here is medical advice. And <laughs> That's where I was going with that. <laughs> don't hold anything against me if I get it wrong because I'm bound to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's a... Uh... Yeah, Joey and I's Joey and I's infinite disclaimer is we have no idea what we're doing. If you listen to what we're saying and you take our advice, that is on you. So you're you're under that umbrella too. <laughs> yep, yep. I claim I claim to know nothing, and everything I say is just my own perspective. And most of the times, my perspective isn't even correct. So <laughs> just go with it. We avoid the opinions and uh, try to try to basically just be like, all right, here's how it is, and here's how it's not scary. But so you and I talk a lot about the whole um, insurance and the medical industry thing. Is that where you wanted to start or did you have a different idea? Uh, we can start anywhere. That works fine for me. Okay. So I'm, like, I'm good for it. All right. So like the big issue with insurance is obviously everybody that's an adult has to pay into it. Right. And so every month or every quarter, year, whatever it is, you, you pay into insurance. And if something happens or you have to go to the doctor, they pay a portion of it, but you generally have like your copay, your deductible or whatever. So you keep having to pay regardless of paying into this company that should be paying for anything. And then if anything big happens, generally you're covered for the most part, but it's only up to like a certain amount and you still could have a big chunk of change that you end up paying. Right. That is and so true. the issue is, is why are we paying for something if we're going to still end up paying for everything anyways? We're just getting a discounted rate. Why can't we get that ourselves? I have the same issue with the rest of the entire insurance industry. It's a massive scam. Well, mostly, not really, but point being, it's so what you're saying is that even though you're paying all these copays and all this stuff, you still end up having to come out of pocket at the end too. Right. So like my theory is here is like, I watched this TED talk the other day is by Jan Fender. And basically her thing is, it's like, let's crowdsource medicine. Let's go to doctors and their group. They went to a whole bunch of doctors and said, Hey, how much is it going to cost for all of these procedures? Mm -hmm. And a lot of them said, nope, or they just said, talk to our lawyers or didn't even pick up, but they got a few answers. And so they started building some data and then they went from there and they're like, we'll just crowdsource it. So they went to a whole bunch of people across like the nation or wherever and said, Hey, how much did you pay for this procedure? What hospital did you go to? And that type of thing. And so they've created a site, uh, I think it's called clearhealthcost.com. Mm -hmm. And basically the premise of it is, is you can go on there, you can put in your town, you can say, hey, I'm a woman, I'm looking for a mammogram. How much is it gonna cost me to get a mammogram at these different hospitals around town? So like, for example, in Jacksonville, you could go downtown and go to Baptist Health and it's gonna be one price. You can go 15 minutes across town to St. Vincent's and it's gonna be a totally different price for the same thing, same required training for the doctors that like do uh, any advising on it. Right. They're different organizations. So it makes no sense. Sure. Well, there's no standard. So like, yeah, sorry, go ahead. So they're like, okay, so now what if we provide this information to the people and say, okay, so you can go around and essentially shop for your medical procedures of how much they're going to cost and where you, can go, where you can go because that's something you could never do before. You go to the hospital, you get things done, you get a bill, you have to pay it. Right. Well, I mean, medicine's a product like anything else. Like there's... <laughs> They're, they're going to have to sell you a bit because you're going to want to go back to that hospital, right? It's like people go to the Mayo Clinic because the Mayo Clinic is well-known as just being awesome in general. Great service. It's a very, very well-known name. And that's that's what always comes to mind for like top-of-service medical. 
Which makes sense. I mean, if you're getting a procedure that requires top-notch surgeons, obviously you don't want to go get the cheapest appendectomy or the cheapest person doing heart surgery. Right. Not what you want. But like, if it's something that's a routine procedure, like an x-ray or a physical exam that you need for sports, why should it cost more in one place rather than another? It doesn't require a physician that's any more skilled than another to do it. Right. I totally agree with you. I think it makes sense. Yeah, the whole medical and doctor industry is really confusing to me in general because I see things as kind of, I see everything as a product or a service and they all exist because we need to create value, draw costs down and make sure everyone can live the best life possible for the lowest cost. But the medical industry is such a weird, horrible discussion to get into for me. One, because I don't exist in it, so I don't have the proper information. And two, because if you do it, inevitably you're going to get sucked down the political rabbit hole that is someone says let's have free health care someone says health care is incredibly expensive and then you go down five different arguments that have gotten you nowhere yeah in an ideal world health care might be free but then in that same world someone's got to pay for it so taxes go up or whatever and you go into that whole argument and one way you're going to end up paying for health care whether it's in out of your yearly paycheck or it's each time you go in well, if you look at it from the way that Joey and I usually like to argue, if something's really expensive, that means it's hard to get. But what we're, what we're hearing now from a lot of different sources, uh, honestly, that's a really bad statement because I can't name my sources. But what seems to be the typical trend is like, everyone's like, all right, we have too many doctors, lawyers, engineers, because the last two generations only push their kids to be those things. And also we're importing doctors, lawyers, and engineers from other countries. So why is it still so God, darn expensive if... I mean, if we have enough, what's the problem? We still don't have enough doctors, at least. Okay. Each report that keeps coming out keeps saying we have we don't have enough, especially right now. A yeah, lot well, of doctors you know, we're in the middle of pandemic, so. <laughs> they're like, Extended we don't want to be in the COVID environment, and they just left because they're like, it's too much. Really? And so now there's even less. But like, with the boomers coming, we need a lot more doctors. Oh, man. Because they're getting old and they're getting sick. Yeah, the aging population. I have a lot of friends that are in the nursing industry, and they, they, they're very vocal on social media about how slammed they are, how they work every single night, and how they're just overworked, blah, 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 blah. And like, they go on forever. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I feel for you. I absolutely feel for you. But it I feels like there's just so many people in the industry. But, so it's fun to hear that it's not fun. It's unfortunate to hear that that is the, not the case. So the reason for it was is that like the residency slots, which is essentially once you go to med school, you get residency, you get training, and then you become a full doc, full doctor afterwards. Like the residency slots have been generally capped since 1997. So they don't let a certain amount of people in? Is that we didn't expand Medicare Mm -hmm. at all, and that's what it's paid out of. So until December of 2020, that wasn't expanded. So we had this set amount of slots that were actually funneling doctors in. So we built more and more schools. We're bringing in kids from the Caribbean, overseas, plus all the schools that we have in the U.S. and the new ones we're building. And then we still had a set amount of slots they could get trained in. And those slots have not changed, you said, since the 90s. So our population is growing. We actually, we have more people every single year. I don't think we've had a shrinking population since, I, I don't, I can't remember ever. So Statistically, that's a really bad thing if we have the same amount of doctors coming in. Right, which is why we're bringing in more from overseas and everything because we have they have to be trained through um, other countries necessarily to get them over here. And even then, it's a long process for them to get uh, like board certified in their field. Someone may even have to repeat a residency if it comes from an area they're not necessarily qualified. Got it. All right, I have a fun one. If we could flash back to December. 2019 and someone put you in charge of the world and they said matt you got infinite resources uh this thing is coming it's uh it's coming over from the the east the far east i need you to fix it you got three months what do you do Ooh, three months everything's getting locked down and amazon is going to be droning supplies to everyone yay we mix private and public industry i'm in <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take all of the call of duty boys that are sitting at home with their controllers we're gonna teach, teach them how to fly drones, drones. <laughs> And they're going to move supplies as needed. And everybody's just going to be in their little areas. I love no that. No moving, no nothing, no bars, whatever. So, well, it'll be bad for three months, but then it'll be done. That is so funny. And, uh, yeah, I'd be all in for that too. But, oh man, well, who was I talking to? That? I was talking to someone who was in the military the other day. And, you know, whenever I meet someone in the military, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, what'd you do? Like, 
if they're not a super big tough guy, I'm kind of I'm always like, oh well, that's kind of weird. And, you know, I was, whenever I think military, I think bigger. And he's like, oh no, I was just on a computer all day every day. What? I said, yeah, no, that's pretty much where all the slots are. It's like drones run the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's crazy. Although, a mutual friend of all of ours just sent me a picture the other day of him flying a fighter jet, and I thought that was awesome. It's a- it was really cool. All right, what's next on your list? Uh, well, I was going to talk about the way to fix insurance and yes. my idea. Let's fix it. Let's so do it. We've got... GM Pender's thing out there. So we're now going to know, let's say this is broad spread. You can know all the prices for everything. Yep. And this is what you're going to pay across everywhere. You can shop for whatever you want, how good the doctors are, whatever. But there's multiple different types of insurances. Why don't we make one that's just called chronic and emergent insurance? Who pays for it? It only covers things if it's a chronic disease that you're going to have a long time mm-hmm. or if you get in a big accident and things get really messed up. You pay into it every year like you normally would but it's a heck of a lot cheaper and only covers you in these scenarios. You cover all your annual care, your eye visits, whatever that you negotiate through that uh, crowd-based uh, price market. I'm really surprised. I'd be very surprised if the big insurance companies like AIG and Life and all those don't have a product like that already. I mean, they, they have fully embraced the, the, the product lifestyle that is insurance and they're always trying to make new products that fit. So I, it would, it would really blow my mind if that doesn't already exist. I know there's like an emergency one just for like, if you have like a really, really big thing, but I think it only kicks in over like a certain amount, value gotcha. amount. And then I'm not sure on how much good coverage it has, but like that was my theory on how to fix the solution. If you got small problems, if you're young, if you're healthy, you don't really got to worry about stuff. But if you got chronic issues, uh, then you can buy into this or you have, you take like an umbrella policy for essentially something really bad happens to me, car accident, whatever you're having. Yeah, that makes sense to me. It's, I always feel really lucky because like I don't, uh, I hate to say this, I don't really have any issues. Knock on, knock on lots of wood. Uh, so, which is why insurance kind of you know grinds my gears as well. I sit there and I'm like, I don't need any of these things. Like I, I don't go to the doctor. I never need to. I never get sick. Nothing happens. I eat healthy. I work out twice a day. I'm good to go. Like. I'm okay. I got I got really lucky. I got a good lot in life and I don't need to pay the insurance thing. I can if something comes up, my savings will cover it because I'm prepared for it because I didn't have to pay insurance and work myself into a debt hole. <laughs> yeah, so that's one solution. But hopping off of insurance, what do you think is like the next big cost of medicine? Supplies? Okay, so we'll go into supplies. We'll go with like drugs. Sure. So why are drugs as high price as they are well, for because pharma the, companies? The private private pharmaceutical companies are making it and selling the products at massive markups. Okay, so like the thing is, though, is like of course we have patents. Patents last what fourteen years, give or take, that you have. I should um, know that, but I don't. Joey, look it up. There's something like that that you can solely market your product for as long as you want. No one else can really touch it until after that fourteen years. At that point, it's basically public knowledge. Anybody can go out there and make that same thing and market it as a generic version, right? Yeah. So that's all your Equate products on the Walmart shelves that you can go buy. Okay. But why has insulin been the same price since it came out? It's exactly where I was about to go. I was going to say, why the, why the hell do we not have 20 different insulin products that are not being sold? Right, research department, what'd you get? 20 years. 20 years it is. All right. Matt, I think your puppy dog is barking. I know, someone rang the doorbell. <laughs> well, that's all right. Yeah, so insulin is one of the bigger problems too. Is I know you and I both have friends that they are adamant about this issue and it is something that we should probably solve at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyone yeah, I like, know that's on insulin is outspoken about this, so I don't know why it's still an issue in the world, you know? You'd think if it was such a problem, we'd have fixed it by now. Yeah. So... Looking to a quick Google search, insulin was first discovered in 1921. Got it. So we got a hundred years since it first came out and it's still essentially a proprietary uh, drug that like no one else can touch. Yeah. How many, how many companies do, how many companies make insulin? I'm not sure on that. Okay. Well, we need a research department. It's a low number. My initial guess would be like a handful. Like you probably count it on one hand. But what, I'll Google it up real quick. Yeah, there's no reason the price would be that high if they if there could physically be more people doing it. So I'm wondering we have a I mean, 
we literally made the the damn COVID nineteen vaccine in like a year, and four four different companies made different versions of it, and they were all, I mean, not correct me if I'm wrong, they were all effective within about the same. Oh, all right, so he's got the answer. Three companies can make it right now. In the United States market, there are three companies that can make it: Eli Lilly, Novo Nordisk, and Sanofi. That's it. No. And it um. It says that there is little market incentive to produce it because it costs nearly as much making and making new drug and companies must go through a rig- rigorous approval process. Man, I'm blown away that it costs as much as that, but we've had a hundred years to fix it. It's like, ah, that's so surprising. Yeah, and those, those three companies, they control 90% of the global insulin market. So while they make up hundred percent of the American market, they control 90% of the global, so. Holy cow, that's unbelievable. Man, it just, it always brings me back to like, uh, what's his face, Martin Shkreli, when he jacked up the, uh, he jacked up some some price, some drug, like 400%. He <laughs> literally went to jail for it. <laughs> that was insulin. Yeah, was it really? Yes. Okay, He yeah. jacked it up to over $300. Yeah, screw that dude. I'm glad he's in jail. Although, he was always a really funny guy to see on camera. <laughs> he's such a goofy dude. Here's the issue with it is that, like, it stayed at that over $300. It's still about that level. Mm-hmm. You want to know how much it costs to make one vial of insulin, though? I do. Is $3. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. No sense. You've got, a whole, you've got a whole lot of demand. Mm-hmm. It's a life-saving drug. You're right. not going to survive without insulin without it. Okay, but- so... Yep. There's a super high demand for it, and there's a low supply. you got three companies. When you've got that supply and demand, like you love to talk about, John, they can decide whatever they want. Well, you're absolutely they can jack right it on the ties they want. Yeah, I get that, too, because it's, it's quite literally just going to go to whoever's going to be affording it. But um, if it doesn't cost anything to make, why not just make more? What the hell? Increase supply. I don't know. I mean, I think half the issue is that they can just go out and they'll say, insurance how much are you going to pay me for this wonderful life-saving drug that i'm going to make and they'll say we'll pay you three hundred dollars and like good the price of the drug is three hundred dollars even though it costs three to make oh that's a horrible answer i hope that's not the actual case all right so we've we've touched on this one this is a bit of a left turn um private versus public hospitals i i know you have a stance on this so there's a care discrepancy just because i guess private hospitals they have more ability to uh Kind of bring in better doctors if they want to. They they probably got better funding and that type of thing. It's not funded just by like the state or the federal government, whatever. Right. But I don't know. Like I personally want to be in a public one. You do? Yes. Why? Just because I don't want to be the person that's screwing over patients. The reason I'm going into medicine is because I care about people. I want to treat people. I want to help as many as I can. Not because I'm here to make a ton of money. And you're a good fella. That makes me happy to hear. Oh, don't get me wrong. I want to make a good bit of money, but like, that's not the reason I'm going into it. Med school. (laughs) Yeah, I've got, I'm going to have $300,000 in loans coming out of med school. So we need that money to come. But like, I don't know. It doesn't make it, if you got plenty of money, it really doesn't make a difference for you. Find wherever the better doctor is, whatever you need to get done. But like, the public hospitals, they get a lot more of the brunt of the care that the private hospitals don't want to mm-hmm. because they get all of the people that are homeless and that type of thing. So a lot of the resources are spent going into uh, time and things to take care of people that aren't necessarily the same as those private hospitals. But you get to see more of the community and what you have there rather than just the people that can pay tons of money out of pocket to go to like expensive hospital right you know they don't get flown out in their private jets to go to a certain doctor that they go to every single year which would be a cool thing to do medicine for as well i mean you could be that concierge doctor oh, that, that would be fun kind of like the tv show royal pains you're in the hamptons you're just treating the rich that's exactly what i was thinking about my follow-up question was going to be recommend us some doctor shows or doctor movies because i literally just don't know besides royal pains and gray's anatomy are the only ones i know um i don't know like I watch them every so often, but it's just because like I like to sit there and see what is right and wrong and see how much I know. I can't really recommend any outside of there's New Amsterdam, which is great. It's based out of uh, a hospital that uh, based off a book about a real hospital in New York, which is uh, pretty cool. It's one of the oldest hospitals in the United States, if not the oldest. 
And then The Resident's kind of cool, but all these shows nowhere close to reality. Well, they wouldn't be any fun if they tell. were. <laughs> they wouldn't be any fun if they were. I mean, I watch TV because I want to escape reality. Heck, I mean, I'm watching Ozark right now, and it's literally about money laundering. Like, I don't, I don't want to money launder for the Mexican mob, but <laughs> it's kind of taking cool notes. See. Yeah, <laughs> next business venture. <laughs> no, 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 disclaimer. We're kidding. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pitch it to someone. We'll, we'll get it going. <laughs> Joe, you be the face. I'll be the numbers. How about that? Oh, jeez. Hopefully no one comes for us just because we're talking about hypotheticals here. Yeah, I can feel my FBI agent breathing down my neck right now. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, it is fun. It is fun. It would be a very, very hard mm-hmm. life that I don't think I'd ever want to get into. No, it would not. Mm-hmm. But um, whenever, Matt, just circling back, whenever you said, guess what the next largest expense is in, uh, in healthcare, my guess was going to be uh, the personnel, the people you have to pay, the doctors, the surgeons. Are their salaries a big chunk of it? So they are, but it's not. The greatest increase in health uh, care since the 90s hasn't been the doctors when it comes to personnel. It's been admin, and I know I sent uh, John this chart forever ago, and it says the 90s that the amount of admin that are in the hospital have gone up like 300% or something. You mean like the business managers? Like, like the people who basically run the hospital, but they don't actually do any of the work. Yeah, so you've got all the people that run it, that manage all the doctors, that uh, even like the people that are part of the legal department, HR, and all that other type of things. You've got all these, even companies now contract out. So like they do the management, like you get hired by a company, but you work within a hospital and that company manages a group of doctors that work within there. Wow. Like so a, you're creating like a little syndicate, hmm? like a little syndicate almost kind of, sort of. And, uh, so you're just creating bunches of middlemen. So doctors are getting managed by several different hierarchies all at once that all have to get paid. And the amount of doctors, like I said, has stayed roughly the same. So we've got all this tripling of admin that are in there that are costing more and more without that much different increase in care. In fact, probably a lesser uh, degree of care with the same amount of doctors. So that's wild. You you just taught me something really cool. So I've always wondered, I was like, why are these things increasing? The like cost of college, cost of healthcare and all that. And it's not because of any material. It's not any material. It's that there's more, there's more admin in there. So those salaries are increasing or that salary cap is increasing, which, which literally just makes it passes Oh man, you kind of blew my mind there. It passes all the costs downwards, directly downwards, and it goes up. Huh. I had never thought about that. The thing is, too, is the price of healthcare has gone up. So we've got the same amount of doctors, more admin. The admin are doing whatever they can to save the hospitals more money. So the hospitals are making more money, Mm -hmm. even having to pay these admin salaries, but the cost of healthcare is still going up for you. Well, as a professional middleman, I don't know if I can demonize them, but... um... I think, <laughs> I mean, I think at this point, that seems like an easy problem to solve, but you do have to think that's one of the jobs that people pursue is like you go into the, med- you'll go into like business medicine specifically to get one of those managing the hospital jobs. It's really cushy, great benefits. And yeah, it's just like, I don't know, there's a lot of medicine that's changed over time where like we've continued, like prices have always gone up and yes, there are new drugs and it makes sense, but like the personal part of medicine where you know your doctor, he's well known around town, he takes care of everybody. Like Dr. Matt. The non-monetary value of medicine has greatly decreased. No one makes house calls anymore. No. Like that was something that was our parents or grandparents knew about. The doctor would come to the house to see someone if they're too sick. And it wasn't something that you necessarily paid any extra for. That was just something that was expected for the field. Right. But well, we found a more efficient way of doing it, and now everyone has a car, so it gets a little bit easier to concentrate everyone in one area. Yeah, or you're forced to go into an ambulance to go to the hospital, which you don't know how much it's going to cost. So, yeah, I, I see that all the time on Twitter. Is like everyone makes everyone makes the jokes of, like, getting into a massive car crash. A guy comes up and says, hey, what's your emergency contact? We're about to load you into the ambulance. Be like, no, just call my mom. She'll get, she'll get me there. It'll be all right. Because <laughs> they don't want to pay the ambulance fee. <laughs> Shoot, toss me on the back of like a piece of plywood in the back of a minivan. Get yep. me there. We'll be good. How much do they cost? They're expensive. Oh, how much? I want, I want to know. <laughs> What's the average? Research. Research department. You're on it, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to think. If there's anyone around, I'd basically say just literally anyone put me in there. If it's anything over like 
a grand. I mean, that's a that's a thousand dollar that's a thousand dollar ride, and I have to assume that it's a lot more than that. An ambulance cost in an average box style ambulance. This is without insurance or anything to cover it. Oh no! Is between one hundred and twenty five thousand and one hundred thousand dollars. Holy! Wow! Wait for an ambulance? One hundred? No way! No. That's what it says on Healthcare Insider. That is without insurance, but still. Oh, that's maybe how much it costs to outfit an ambulance. My bad. Oh Folks my God. Knew. I was going to say, there's <laughs> no way. News. There's no way. Fake news. Fake news. I apologize. Research department. Saw Come the on, sticker man. sticker shock and got excited. Um, <laughs> ambulance bills can exceed $1,000. That makes more and sense. And occasionally even reach 2000 the okay. equipment to outfit an ambulance and the cost of the workers who drive it can total $225,000 all in one vehicle. Yeah, be still my beating heart. I thought I was going to have to drop a hundred grand just to get to the hospital. <laughs> I'd be like, just let me die. Just yeah, let yeah. me die. It's, I'm, I'm not worth that much. I promise. This, this exceeds my net Had a worth. good run. <laughs> I'll be digging myself out of debt for the rest of my life if I survive this. Yeah, sell my house and hope that my grandkids don't have to pay for it. Jeez. A thousand. <laughs> so if I'm dying, I don't think a thousand's that bad. Like if, if, if they pull nah. up and I'm like, they're like, yeah, it's going to be a thousand dollar sign here. I'm like, gone. Just take me. It's fine. I'll deal with it. My arm is worth more than that. But yep. even two grand, I think two, it yeah. is what it is. I, I would be like, but eh, okay. All right. Whatever. Dude, I've spent me. that amount of money on dumber stuff before. It's like my life or a PS5. Yeah, you're the king of buying <laughs> dumb stuff. We just talk about that. We literally, you're the guy who gets all the new stuff. Yeah, if you saw my desk right now, it's just Oculus Rift, PS5, Xbox Series X. Matt, have you done the virtual reality yet? I have one of my old roommates at it. It is so much fun. I'm upset. I've literally I daydream about because I got to play Joey's at some point. I I daydream about getting one. They're just they're just such a blast. Mm-hmm. They're becoming more affordable. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those techn- you know, insulin's not, but virtual reality is. <laughs> That's crazy. We can get the price of a virtual reality headset down God, that'll we- literally put you into a video game, but we can't get the price of uh of a little drug down that uh saves people's lives yeah it's unbelievable we're uh, our priorities are a little whack but i think that's the reason is that like like joe said it's something that saves people's lives and if it's something that does save someone's life you can't really put a price on it because then you're trying to put a price on life at that point yeah, so you say this will make you live or die someone will pay whatever it takes to stay alive that's true oh everything does a have good a price point. what uh, yeah I, I get upset about that that kind of thing because uh, everything has a price price is all value it's all relative but I don't have the brain cells to put it into coherent formula, so we're gonna have to hold off on that. So I guess my next one is, Matt, how much would you pay to go to space? I don't wanna go to space. <laughs> Why not? See, that was Doctors my first space. thought. And then I saw Branson jumping around a rocket ship and I was like, I'm going now. Was, the look on your face was like, no way. <laughs> look, man, I don't like Rip Ride Rocket at Universal. Uh-huh. Like, I don't wanna be strapped to a giant bottle rocket that shoots me into the sky in a little tiny capsule and it's like oh you're gonna go like out there there's no gravity and things i want to make sure i come back down i don't want to blow up up there that happened to astronauts before now are you telling me me, are you telling me you don't trust elon musk because i think i would trust elon musk with everything (laughs) Mm, there's a lot of things i trust him with but i don't know if getting off the ground uh, even if it becomes a common thing i don't think you should ever trust someone who has that much money and that many that many stupid twitter threads (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a rule I think if you have over 500,000 people following you on Twitter you should you are not to be trusted you've lied to someone because people love being lied to it's even true. if it becomes affordable to like let's say you can do it for under 100k go up and touch that just space come back as a doctor I might have that money to put into it you'd be the first do doctor I, no, I, you're probably not going to be the first doctor in space there's definitely been more there is but like I'll have the money to do it necessarily am I going to do it? no well, Joey found Maybe that'll be a future job. Maybe uh, you'll have to have an EMT or, or a medical personnel on every flight in case someone has a heart attack going up into space. It's a good point. Space doc. <laughs> yeah, space doc. 
you can find any one of those Army, Marines, Air Force guys that'll happy to strap themselves to that rocket blast up there, but not me. So I think, yeah, I think if you get seriously injured in space, you're kind of just done. Like they kind of just hook you out the airlock. They're like, yeah. I was gonna say, <laughs> we don't we don't have anything yeah, to fix yeah. you. Your arms off. There's blood slowly coming out because no gravity. Yeah, just vent. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Uh, how unfortunate that would be, but what a way to go. Yeah. Floating I mean, around the darkness of space. Shoot. It's all right. I think that would be a mess. I, I think the literal worst way to go would be one, burning, two, drowning, three, slowly freezing in space. Yeah, that's a fair list. It's pretty bad. That's a fair list of uh, ways to go. Matt, what's the one way you just don't want to die? <clears throat> Not to be morbid. I heard about this, uh, that guy that was caving. Oh no! Oh no! Wait, I don't. He, I already don't want to hear this. <laughs> he tried to go face first into this little crevice that's oh. like just barely bigger than his body. No, oh, I hate that stuff. And couldn't fit through. Oh. Got stuck. They could not back him out. And then he just got stuck there. And then kind of either suffocated or died of starvation. And then they just kind of closed off the cave so no one else could do that again. Well. On that terrible disappointment, <laughs> holy cow! I didn't. I probably shouldn't ask that. I, I should have known what I was getting myself into. That's a mess. Yeah, I don't want to be alone in a dark space, cramped between two little things. I'm not claustrophobic, but that just don't see good. No, oh, no, it'd be horrible. All right, we're low on time, but we we got one more for for one more fun fun doctor fact. If you got something, I know you have a bunch. Uh, fun doctor facts. Fun doctor fact. Anything? What's on your mind? What are you thinking? There aren't much fun doctor facts that I'm learning right now. It's kind of like, we're learning about all the bad things. Right. Coolest school thing works. you've learned in med school. Coolest thing. Coolest thing about med school? No, coolest thing uh, you've learned. That, I don't think there's anything cool about med school. Not so far. So far, it's like we're all learning from books. But what's coming up at the end of this year is I'm going to go into what's called rotations. And basically what that means is, is it's kind of like your pre-residency period. And as a med student, you get to essentially shadow doctors in every different field essentially for two years straight love it that sounds like a blast for you so it's like getting to do an internship and in everything within the business field if you were in that and like get a get a feel for it see what's like your thing and like maybe assist in some things like you get to learn all these different things and it's really cool because you get to find out what you want you get to see all sorts of different things in different areas and scenarios whether it's a little public hospital or a big academic one whatever it may be you get it like you get to see the whole world of medicine outside of the textbook yeah, it's and really that's what exciting. I'm excited for. Yeah, you've been buried in a book for how long? Three years, four years? Yeah, but the cool medical fact is that when woodpeckers peck at a tree, they actually wrap their tongue around their brain while they <laughs> tap it to prevent concussions. That's awesome. I had no idea. Oh, they, my God. They wrap their tongue around their brain? Yes, so they got a really long, worm-like tongue, and they wrap it around their brain when they peck at the trees the trees are so hard and what it does is it kind of provides a little cushion around their brain to prevent it from smacking around inside their skull and giving them concussions i thought if you touched a brain you immediately died i know we're going over time but this is i think this is worth asking i mean no i mean people touch brains all the time and like Ooh, that's true that's what neurosurgeons do yeah i guess you got a point okay so woodpecker think that was exactly what i was looking for you gave me you gave me right on the dot what i wanted thank you for that you're welcome. All right. I don't know any other cool ones. That's my go-to fact for any questions. That's a pretty good one. I'll take it. Okay, we're going to wrap up. Thank you so much, Matt. You're welcome on here anytime, anytime at all. Thank yep. you. I Thank appreciate you. the chance to come on. All righty. Mm -hmm. See you guys. All righty. Welcome back. Another Friday at FGF. It was thankfully a pretty calm week over on my end. What about you, Joey? Yeah, we moved pretty quick. Um, heading up to a, a cabin here this weekend with my girlfriend and her family. So excited for some good drinks, good food, and good company. That sounds wonderful. Fresh air would be fantastic. We're in like the throes of the end of Florida summer heat, and it's just brutal. Like I, I was out on a property today, and I was walking around, and I was like, any more than 10 minutes in the sun, and you're just dripping in sweat no matter what you're doing. The dog days. I remember the days back whenever played organized sports and you had practice in this weather and oh couldn't couldn't imagine right now could it, not imagine it's pretty tough okay so th i think this will be a little bit of a shorter one kind of we discussed that pre-show but 
just not not a lot happened. So something I saw that I thought was really interesting that I I know I almost know for a fact because there's no definitive answer, but I almost know for a fact that this is gonna there's gonna be a big stink about this. So the U.S. Postal Service is officially raising their prices during the holidays, and I think it's it's smart that they announced this now because if they did it in November, there would be just a giant everyone throw their hands up in the air and be like blah blah blah. But Here's the kicker. It's not that much. So they're doing like 25 cents for small packages and up to $5 for large packages. I don't think that's absurd. Like I think for what they go through, the hell that they deal with on the holiday season, that's pretty reasonable. You walked right into my industry. This is my expertise. I brought it to the company I work for. Yep. And it's funny because I got forwarded the email about them raising their services first thing this morning or raising their prices. And then right around one o'clock, I got an email about us raising our prices as well. Oh. And uh, I can't, I think it's still internal use, so I can't disclose what they are or yeah, give any hint if it's good or bad. Don't get yourself in trouble. But, but all I got to say is, is everyone's doing it. Um, it. It does happen every year, but sometimes it's less drastic than this year. Um, it's called a peak surcharge increase. It happens during what we call peak season, which is um, the holidays, Black Friday through New Year's typically. Right. But the kicker is with COVID, it never went away last year. We yeah. kept the peak surcharge in place because everybody's shipping. So that never went away. And then you have additional handling fees. And it's always good to take a look at your invoices when you get them because there are little additional handling fees, oversized charges, um, peak surcharge fees. There's so many little costs baked into it. And I know UPS just sneaks them in right on page 102 out of 105 of your invoice. <laughs> All right. We, we, we're so, not going to slander. <laughs> so you got to be really careful about that. But that's, <laughs> that's funny. I mean, you're right because everything basically went fully all delivery. Does Amazon do stuff like that? Because I feel like they're doing their own delivery for the most part now. Yeah. So what's interesting about Amazon is Amazon makes up 30% of UPS's uh, shipping base. So 70% of their packages, Amazon does by themselves. Um, or a good chunk of them goes to UPS as well. Um, FedEx used to be partnered with Amazon, but FedEx actually dropped Amazon a couple years ago because they realized that they allowed Amazon to make up their base for a shipping. Mm -hmm. Then, um, whenever Amazon becomes self-sufficient in this industry, they would just drop us. And then, uh, FedEx would be in trouble. So FedEx distanced themselves, UPS leaned all in. Um, but I, as far as I know, Amazon does not implement any type of peak surcharges. You just might see a, a dip in quality from Amazon. You might not get it within two days as they, um, you know, promote. But yeah, those peak surcharges are going to start coming in here. And uh, there's going to be a lot of unhappy business owners come October whenever they start getting hit with them. But I'm also wondering, so it's hard to argue against something like this because you look at it and you're like, okay, it's because they want to be able to pay their workers what they pay their workers, if not more. They want to make sure that everyone's getting rewarded for their ridiculously hard work. I mean, those people have to, those people probably work ridiculous amounts of overtime. I don't even want to picture it. Oh my God, I couldn't imagine working for the post office right now. And the people that do, they're troopers. Uh, yeah, can't say enough seriously. good things about them. The and then any the package handler during the holidays and COVID. I mean, whether you're working for UPS, FedEx, or DHL, or the post office, it's uh, definitely a tough job. And there's no shortage of, shortage of packages, that's for sure. Well, our family recently just got a, it was a package. Uh, it was a new iPad that someone ordered. And it showed up at the door. The whole thing was broken and busted, and I, I I think it was Amazon that got it through, but either way, we looked at it and we're like, man, we're so used to high quality stuff. Like whenever something like this happens, it's an outrage. You're like, oh my God, like it's it's just, this is absurd. Want a free one, gotta get a new one, blah, blah, blah. It's crazy. And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't think that was that uncommon up until maybe a few years ago. Like what do you see from packages as far as damage goes? Um. Every now and again, you'll hear someone someone lost a package. There's a damaged package. Personally, I haven't experienced too much, but I know it happens. Um, it's unfortunate. I just think it's one of those situations that you're never going to be able to avoid in today's day and age. Oh, if so you ship stuff. something, through, yeah, if you ship something through a ground network, just think there's a huge truck, and that little box is sandwiched in there. And a lot of the times it's on the person who sends the package out and uh, not so much the carrier because it's all in how you 
box it. You got to have the peanuts or the bubble wrap or a lot of people don't know how to package um, something. Obviously, I'm not discounting Apple. If it was an iPad, obviously, they know how to package their product. Oh, you never know these days. That's true. There could have been a slip up in the quality of their packaging, but that's why different companies offer things such as packaging labs where they'll, they'll, you'll be able to send your package into their packaging lab for no charge. And they'll actually put it through a, a series of tests or rigorous um, experiments where they'll drop it and slam it and simulate the whole travel experience. And then they'll let you know if you need some bubble wrap, uh, an extra box, a smaller box, packing peanuts. And that's just different, different little things like that that could help prevent it. But um, definitely, no doubt in my mind, you know, it, it does happen in transit sometimes. And uh, you I mean, you will see it. I'm really glad I accidentally stumbled into your industry. I, I got so much more out of this than I had ever imagined this would lead to. I thought this was going to be super short. I was going to be like, yeah, yeah, raising prices. And we're going to be like, oh, yeah, just make sure you're nice to your delivery guy. All right, out of the next yep. one. This is great. I bring that yep. with I'm so glad. Yep, that this happened. is my nine to five every day talking to people who lost a package, had a damaged package, uh, stuff like that. Um, people who aren't happy with their current carrier and want to switch to my carrier. Big you know, package I guy. talk about it all day, every day. And so, I wish I would have read the article about the postal service a little more in depth, but I was in a four hour meeting this morning and uh, just it popped up and I looked at it and I was like, oh. That's a shame. Yeah, it wasn't that impressive. I, I just, I just thought it was. It fits on our platform because it's all about people freaking out, and it's just not really something we're freaking out. So, last topic before we move on is, uh, so you're a big package guy. But would you say that you have a big package? <laughs> There's only one person in the world that knows that answer, and she's not going to call in. Well, that's not exactly, that's not at all what I meant, Joey. It's a very clean podcast, you know. Okay, we're going to move on. So. This is a really what good are you one. Talking about? <laughs> That's for me to know and you to wonder. So this you is were good. You were guiding me into that trap. I would never. Dirty mind. I am an innocent angel. But all right, this is this is interesting. <laughs> Pay attention. This is, this is good stuff. You're gonna like it. So we talked about the payment for order flow thing that they're trying to cancel. So all these firms are now going public. Basically, so this one that we're talking about is called Jump Trading Group. They've been around since the late '90s, but all these firms are coming out public. And they've been doing this for a long time. Like they've actively existed just to fulfill trades from the big brokers. They're calling it retail wholesaler or something or other. A retail wholesaler trading. I don't really know. But the point is, this is an industry where I look at it and I'm like, okay, if you wanted to be in the forefront of the newest industry, this was it in the fintech world. And I'm kind of upset that we didn't think about it. I mean, you just have to get like, you know, 50 people in a room and basically start working out these contracts with the brokers and say, yeah, like it, cause they just take that little spread. But if you do it, you know, 5,000 times a day on large volume trades, you're rolling in cash. That is a lot of income. You're just, you're really just scalping the spread for days. It's genius. I can't believe no one jumped on it before this. Oh, well, they have. Uh, They've just been really quiet. They've been so quiet. So yeah. Yep. The whole article was all about, it was, it was like this whole interview and they're basically going in. So all, all the people there were basically saying we have to be quiet. Like no one can know that we're doing this because then the competition is going to be good. But now that the, you know, cat's out of the bag and everything, they're all starting podcasts and they're all getting on the platforms and making sure that everyone knows that they are the premier trading firm for all this stuff. So I thought that was really interesting. Yep. It's uh, the old blue ocean, red ocean strategy. If anyone out there has taken a business class, I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, blue ocean, no competition, no blood in the water. They're the whoever gets there first is going to reap most of the benefits, typically, uh, opposed to the red ocean where there's infinite competitors, tons of blood in the water. Um, yeah, it's true. I definitely want to be the first one there. Absolutely. Well, it's rare to see a new industry pop up, so I'm always it, it's always exciting to see something like that because you're like, oh, never thought about that before. So yeah, as soon team. as you think we've done it all, turns out we haven't. It's true. All right, we're going to take another hard left turn. So the GameStop saga has continued a little bit, and you'll see why before the show I asked you to think of your top three favorite villains in just a minute. So I know as we talk about, I love villains. I just I just do. Like, I, I like good bad guys. I don't like creepy bad guys. I never have. Weird creepy bad guys like Mr. Waternoose from Monsters, Inc. Absolutely despise the guy. I think he's horrible. <laughs> Terrible villain. Very upsetting. But really good villains are a blast. And real-life villains are even better. We found our new real-life villain. His name is Ryan Cohen. I'm kind of obsessed with this dude. He's great. So he is the guy that came in. He's like a 36-year-old billionaire. He came in, basically, like, 
for, he's a 12% shareholder, so you know he doesn't even have a majority, not even close, and forced the entire crew of <laughs> the GameStop people out and said, all right, I'm here, I'm gonna redo everything. And uh, I, I just think it's awesome. So the second realization I've come to is that Reddit people are really weird. I'm sorry if you're on Reddit and you consider yourself a Redditor, but they have these really, really strange obsessions. So inside the article, it was like, the Reddit people refer to him as Papa Cohen. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Why? I love it. That's so weird. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's because, you know, they all they all get obsessed with these stupid meme stocks and go from there. But so this was this was my favorite part of this, where as soon as he came in, basically, you know, put his foot down and was like, look, we're gonna rework everything. I, I'm super upset with everyone on this board. The president is not doing he's committed to in-person stores, which is not the future. We got a fast change over to e-stuff. And they said, all right, so uh, well, we can offer you a spot on the board. And he said, mm, no, nah, I don't really want a spot on the board. That doesn't actually give me any control. And I was like, that's oh, that's a big flex. Like they literally, they gave you what you wanted. And you're like, yeah, no, I changed my mind. I want more now. <laughs> he's a good, <laughs> that he, is a big flex. He's a good Sounds villain. like my man's on a power trip. Yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, he's totally reworking everything. I think it's really fun. So as he is my new, he is one of my new favorite villains. I had asked you to pick your top three favorite villains. So we'll go back and forth. You can go, uh, we'll go, we'll go three, three, two, two, one, one, and one being your best. All right. All right. After you. All right. My number three is Anakin Skywalker in episode three, uh, Revenge of the Sith. But just after he turned to the dark side and before obi-wan cuts off all his limbs okay <laughs> not not the paraplegic anakin all right i got it correct and, yeah not darth vader but anakin <laughs> if you're a star wars fan that's a good pick that's definitely a good pick because that's that's like a that's like a new villain that had been brewing for a while i like that all right mm -hmm. my number three loki oh that's good that's good loki's the best any uh because he's any not, reasoning yeah he's like um i like so i like loki because he's one of those guys that he's a villain by circumstance which is always the best because he's just inevitably frustrated all the time like every single time something happens he's like ah it's like my plan didn't work i i actually really don't want to be here like i'm just being here because you guys made me a villain <laughs> so he's, he's humorous which i was uh, like all right number two for you my number two is is Tywin Lannister. Oh, and that's a great some one. Some people will, yep. Some people will view him as a villain. Some people might view him as a hero if you're a Lannister person, and then not a Stark person. It's all uh, all perspective. But I've always liked the Lannisters, not because I'm a crappy human, but <laughs> because I admire the way they run their ship. <laughs> they are loaded. Yeah, they loaded. live on a rock <laughs> that is just loaded with money underneath it. Jamie is a hell of a swordsman, and I won't discuss what he does in his personal life. People <laughs> always bring that up as a counter argument. Yeah. And I say that I'm not focused on that part of his life. That is in a blind spot. I do not acknowledge it. Wait, you said Tywin, not Jamie. Yeah, Jamie, I'm just talking about the family as a whole, but Tywin is definitely my favorite, even though um, he's in the books a little bit more than the TV show, but even though he's in both very... Um, sparingly uh the few scenes he does have are awesome um, i highly recommend reading and watching the show if you have not we're talking about game of thrones uh, but, by the way yes game of thrones thank you i got so carried away i just assumed everyone knew who the lannisters were from i have to we have um, to expect that some people are not nerds we are hyper yep. nerds. <laughs> we love this stuff this but uh best. But yeah, Tywin's the man. If you don't know who he is, go look him up. Yeah, no, he is a good bad guy. And he's one of those, he's uh, he's like a control villain. He's like, every single thing that happens, he has his hand in. And what uh, what I like about that type of villain is that every time you think that the good guy's beating him, they just pull out another card and they're like, I had this whole plan. Like, <laughs> he just, yep. you didn't even He's understand. strategical and methodical. And yep. if it wasn't for his youngest son, you know what, I won't spoil it. Yep. Go check it out. Yep, no, don't, no spoilers. So... Mine, mine connects to yours because I think mine's a real life version of yours in maybe a little more sinister way. Um, Vladimir Putin. <laughs> he is the real life Tywin. I never thought I'd even kind of look alike. Yeah, they do. So as I was sitting there, I was thinking about my villains and I was like, all right, I want to throw a real life one in here. I was being him and Kim Jong-un just because Kim Jong-un is a hilarious dude to follow. Even though they're both absolutely horrible people and they do terrible, terrible things. The way I kind of justified it I don't know about justified it. I, I said, look, they're far enough away that 
I, I can I can make fun of it, and I understand that they do really terrible things, and I get that. But my God, is he a good villain? Like he's he's truly just an evil dude. He lives up to his image perfectly. I think I think he must have created this brand on purpose. He's stone faced, and then every now and then you'll see a picture of him riding shirtless on horseback <laughs> or, a or um, fighting a bear. Yeah. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I thought he was worth mentioning. Okay. What's your number one? My number one is the opposite of Tywin Lannister. Tywin's very strategic and has a reason for everything he does. My number one has no reason. His whole reason is trying to prove that people with reasons are crazy. Wait a minute. And that is I know where you're going. The go Joker. Ahead. Yep, there you go. Yeah, he's a he's top tier villain. Joker. Yep. yep. He loves chaos. Um, I'm talking Heath Ledger Joker, not Joaquin Phoenix Joker, There's even like though I did like Jokers. Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal. Mm -hmm. But um, I love everything about the Joker. He tries to prove that you can have the best plan in the world. This is how I took it. You can have the best plan in the world. You can be the biggest schemer and have everything laid out. And tomorrow it could all just go up in flames. You could have your finances set for the foreseeable future, be living completely comfortable one day, and then the next day a plane falls on your house. So the Joker is just the, the he's just the original YOLO, basically. Yep. All right. He is the man. I like it. That was my honorable mention, actually. So oh. uh, we, we crossed paths a little bit as I kind of knew we were. My number one was Darth Vader, because I think there's just nothing better than a grumpy dad who wants to take over the universe. <laughs> Darth Vader's fantastic. Yeah, I guess we did cross paths. As I went with uh, Lord Vader, Anakin Skywalker, you went with full-blown crippled Darth. Yeah. But, yeah, well, you know, he's he's like one of the most famous villains of all time, so I figured I'd kind of take the pandering route. I was like, might as well, but I just, I love I love any dude who's basically like, I am, I know I'm stronger than anyone else, and I'm not really going to go out of my way to spend too much effort to do anything. I'm just going to kind of do what I want, and it's going to work out. I love it. Yep. Darth Vader's a great pick. He really is. He's timeless, recognizable. I think you could go to any country and uh, they could pick him out right yeah. away. Yeah, that's probably true. Him and Yoda travel very well. Well, they do. I mean, apart from that, that's pretty much all I've got. We got anything else going on? Uh, no, I think that's about it. Let me pick out a quote here for the listeners today. Oh, good call. I'll scramble. I got a couple of good ones here recently. My um, list has been getting Which one long. shall we go with? I'll go with the deep one here. As I've been I've been reading recently the Lord of the Rings books, and I just started the Two Towers. Very nice. And I uh, I got a quote from Aragorn. He says, There are some things that it is better to begin than to refuse, even though the end may be dark. That's a pretty darn good quote. I mm -hmm. uh all right. Well, I've I've got a less serious one. It's from Eric Cartman and um it, it kind of sticks with the theme from our, our interview earlier. <laughs> he said, uh, relationships are like diabetes times 10. And if you laugh at that, you're a bad person. I'm straight faced. I'm sorry. I'm straight faced. It's horrible. I just, I love South Park. <laughs> the fact that they can make fun of that and get away with it blows my mind. It's a horrible thing to make fun of. But I was thinking about today and I was sitting there and I was like, okay, look, all, all he's actually saying is that relationships are a shitload of work. It's true. It's kind of true. That they are. It is a crass, they brutal are. statement, and he is a he is a gross little dude. <laughs> That's a pretty good quote. Hey, he nailed it right on the head about relationships. <laughs> if you if you're one of those people out there that's waiting for your prince charming, you think uh, relationships aren't something that need worked on and uh, take constant effort, then you'll never find them. Yeah, welcome to the real it world. It'll take work. Yeah, everything's work. <laughs> it's true. All right, we'll wrap up. We're definitely at our time limit. So next one, obviously, is going to be Tuesday morning per usual. But other than that, enjoy your weekend. Hope you enjoy the interview and have a good day. Yep. See you guys Tuesday.